Humans, Andalites, Yerks, Hork, Bajir, and Taxons, if you've managed to find some earbuds, welcome to the Wonder Yerks. For all your Animorphs rereading and eventual rewatching needs, I'm Sarah. I'm Blair. I'm Seda. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Sorry I robbed you of that high energy intro. <laughs> That's all right. I was like oh. midway through switching, and I realized maybe I should sing Mamma Mia, and then I was like, no. <laughs> and instead, I'm just mentioning it. Sure, sure. Sure. Um, as you had said, <laughs> happy Mother's Day to this book. <laughs> happy Mother's Day to this book. Happy Mother's <laughs> Day, Animorphs. That's the start of Mamma Mia. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wasn't even thinking about that until like the last, like, uh, fourth of this book. And I was like, oh, we're just going to have fun, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Is- this is um this is gonna be a, a I guess a, a seasonally appropriate uh, piece of literature. <laughs> yes, because um, I think Mother's Day is next like next week. Sunday, yes, it's yep. next Sunday. It's like yeah, so it's just a couple days after we release this, mm-hmm. which is I think beautiful and thematically appropriate <laughs> and just as devastating as it should be. Absolutely, and it's been planned this whole time. <laughs> yep, all those weeks off. I wasn't yep. too depressed to edit. It, I was just trying to make up time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we got a little bit ahead of ourselves. <laughs> the uh, the TV show episodes were only supposed to be we're only supposed to be every other week. Yeah. So, we got here. I will say yes. cover and uh, do we just can I just jump right into this because I feel like we it. have a shit ton to talk about. We do. Sure. Okay, let's just go for it. Um, cover and uh, cover is slightly misleading. I will say. Yes. Title on point. Yes. <laughs> we d- we are discussing Visser uh-huh. this week. It is very much that. Uh-huh. It is a book from the Visser from Visser One's perspective. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it does have an Andalite on the cover, which I believe yeah. is supposed to be Visser Three, and you know, just barely about him. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's so, maybe I'm it's so just like supposed maybe about. it's just supposed to be like an intimation of what Visser Three says, just like 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 the fucking Evangelion pathetic face, except for it's Visser. Yeah. Again, they've made Andalites look so very strong when we know I, this is not the case. Specifically in this book, they talk about how weak Mr. Three's arms look. Yeah. <laughs> he has weak little baby arms. Um, and, but like he's a big they, muscle man. They still manage to make him frown, even though he doesn't have a mouth. Yeah. Um, that's pretty great. Uh, he's just the best. He is. But, <laughs> um, he is... Uh, we can, we'll get into the nitty gritty details of it when we get to it, but I just want to say the framing of Visser Three against Visser One is just like two different styles of like Saturday morning cartoon villains. Yeah, you know, absolutely. just against, against each other, just works so perfectly because um, Visser Three is just at his most performative, dramatic. Yeah, um, I mean, he is putting on a performance. They both are to some degree, but like. It's <laughs> to the point where uh, Visser One is like constantly rolling her eyes at his antics. <laughs> <laughs> and I love like how much of this book is like, not quite to the level of like 3D chess, but it is very much like this, the two Vissers lying to each other and knowing they're lying or telling the truth or pushing each other to lie or tell the truth versus like what they know and then the council is also there and so it's like everybody has their own like 
game that they're playing and they Mm -hmm. have their own like allies and their own like knowledge of what the other person thinks Mm -hmm. and it's like so overcomplicated in exactly the way that I want (laughs) yes I think this is my favorite book we've read in a while Um, I am pretty yeah I think I'm I'm close I, I I might agree yes uh, but let's get into the actual uh, meat and potatoes of this whole situation. Uh, we, so like, we, uh, like begin with Marco's mom begging Visser to let her say goodbye to Marco. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. literally from page fucking two, we're yes. like, shit, so this is the type of book this is. Yeah. <laughs> it is uh, a book with a little levity. <laughs> um, yeah. But such fun energy somehow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the, all of the time skipping or, uh, does a lot, I think, to help because it's very much it's framed as like a story that they're telling in the present, but they switch back between like here and here's what happened and it actually happening, which I feel like does a lot to actually keep the energy up, even though it could yes. do the opposite. It's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But yeah, because... so we start. I wasn't sure at first. I mean, we, we learn a couple paragraphs in like we learn fairly quickly. Um, that we're starting with uh, Marco's mom already as a controller. Yes. Um, and, oh, excuse me. <laughs> and basically we we jump in on the day that the Visser has decided um, that Marco's mom has to die um, or fake her mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. And so Marco's mom is, like, begging her to let her say goodbye to Marco one last time. And Visser's like, shut up. Yes. <laughs> and goes off to fake her death on a boat as we've as we know happens yes um i love uh, right away I, w- I was so excited because we get visser just internally monologuing being like ah yes i would be my boat would be discovered but my body would not i would be given the inevitable superstitious send-off but with no uh, body and i uh-huh. was like yes 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 <laughs> um what i loved about this is that uh, Visser one is like immediately super excited about just being able to sail in the first t- first place, and like yeah, like waxes poetic about the sensation of sailing, and I feel like it kind of is a really great precursor to her theme throughout the rest of the book, which is to say she is just a little bit too intimate with the uh, positive asp of aspects of being human. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and I really like it because. The more you learn about her, the you see that part differently because at the beginning when you think she's sort of this like soulless commander, of course she enjoys sailing like it's such an expression of power and mm, like mm-hmm. and skill mm-hmm. and it, you know, has a stealth aspect but um so it it all makes sense for like this very sort of um non-emotional warrior and you're like, yeah, totally. But then the more you learn about her, you're like, "Oh, wait, no, she loves like the waves and the sun and it's so cool like just to have this little character aspect that only gets more interesting the more you learn about her mm-hmm. i think it's very cool mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i just adore her yeah um, <laughs> so uh then we flash to the present and we find that uh visser one uh whose name is idris Idris, Some numbers yeah. at the end, but as year fashion, uh, she is on trial uh, for the uh, by the Council of Thirteen for like a, a litany of crimes. And as they were listing them off, I was like, <laughs> yeah. all of them had Fuck. the death sentence attached to them. And I'm yeah. like, 
How, okay, A, the Yerks must repopulate, like, so quickly to the rate <laughs> that they are constantly killing their own. Um, <laughs> just this, it is so combative with yeah. the, the fact that they've ever been able to create an empire. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. But I think it might have a lot to do with the fact that um, the ones that they've, the species that they've, like infiltrated have kind of been a monoculture in a sort of way which is probably why humans are so difficult because there's so many of them and there's like it's really hard to predict how each one is gonna you know react um i so like first of all i love um this entire like what will like i love how this book discusses humans as aliens Mm -hmm. um because it's very honest and i mean it, it it falls for sort of the normal pitfalls which is like oh humans are so complicated but i feel mm-hmm. like it does it in a more interesting way than just having because i mean the whole reason that humans are here is because they are considered in some way to be easily conquerable or at least right. theoretically conquerable mm-hmm. um and so it has a little bit more dimension to it mm-hmm. uh but secondly i love the visual that we start off with here where basically Visser 1 and 3 are in a room together and Visser 1 uh, as you may recall was just in a pretty bad explosion yeah <laughs> and apparently just looks like shit yeah and, like has several broken bones um and is just like half burned can barely move her face mm-hmm. um and they are sort of like classic hologram communicating with this uh council who are all wearing, of course, cloaks. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I love, so like, the detail that the hork controllers are also wearing cloaks, and uh, but they're wearing, like, a fine mesh underneath uh-huh. of them. It's underneath so them so that they don't, like, cut them up. I it's love that so they were stupid. like, we want everyone to wear robes, but hork are made of knives. Uh, mesh. <laughs> and also, there are taxons there which um i don't know how those are like centipedes i don't know how they're wearing robes uh i think they're literally described as just like sort of draped over the part that they hold up like (laughs) stupid it's just so stupid yeah oh you gotta love the yerks and we like pretty quickly learn that you know they we we start to go back as as they're like so uh edris idris you've done all of these types of treason all of which are punishable by death mm-hmm. tell us your story and we pick up pretty much what was the book was it hork chronicles no um it uh it was an- the, whichever, i think it was the andalite book, it was chronicles. andalite chronicles yes where mm-hmm. basically Visser 3 is like, hey, I discovered humans. And he's yeah. like, I discovered humans. I did that. I did that. It's very much like, I made this. You made this? I made this. Um, and she talks about how transmission speed at the time was much slower. It took hours for the images to load, the, the images of Chapman and Lauren. They got sent to her, and I love that the Yerks also had, like, a dial-up phase. <laughs> Me too! <laughs> That's very funny. Uh-huh. I mean, it, this is, like, across several galaxies dial-up, so, you know. Yeah. But also, at the same uh-huh. time, it's... I, I, I like it because I like uh, unimpressive, impressive things. Yes. You know? It's yeah. just... It's fun. <laughs> yeah. 
and Idris is basically like, uh, in on this is is stationed at a place that is like not doing very much and uh, is sort of like training people, and then she's about to get transferred. Uh, to another place where she's going to be put in a taxon body and she's like well fuck taxon body means that they don't care if I live or die uh, I love the yerk so much that I'm going to do treason and <laughs> go find better hosts for us but it's mm-hmm. for the yerks it's because I love the yerks okay bye and goes mm-hmm. to earth <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just love her being like I'm so loyal that I had to do treason actually <laughs> Because I knew that I had a good idea and that my idea would save us, uh, but no one was listening to me, uh, but it would be a good idea, so I had to do it. Okay, and thanks. Th- it's, and then at, around this point, she, like, basically accuses uh, this or three of conspiracy with the Andalites, mm-hmm. um, because, I mean, kind of she does, because she kind of backs out on it at the same time, but she's just trying to plant the seed, I guess, because she's like, yeah, someone... And looks meaningfully at this or three, uh, <laughs> decided to not let me go, despite us both knowing that there was potential like, like level five like sentient species there. Um, and then she like backtracks is like, as it turned out, it was just stupidity and not actual conspiracy. But looking yeah. me- meaningfully at this or three again, and I guess like I think this is the first time we've learned about sort of like your classification of different species. Mm-hmm. Uh, where basically you have five, and I'm not going to remember the exact order, but you have, like, ones that are useless because their bodies don't do enough. You have ones that would theoretically be useful but are not very controllable. Uh, you have some that are useful, but they would be too hard to take over because of their, like, technological advancements. And there was also another one. And there's level five, which is, like, these are useful bodies who are we can, are able to easily turn into controllers, who are also easy to take over mm-hmm. and also there are a lot of them oh that's one yeah like if they mm-hmm. don't reproduce quickly enough yeah um and it's like yeah okay <laughs> yeah yeah um so uh um uh, idris takes uh another yerk with her uh esam or something like that uh and then rockets off to earth uh with some like you know, vague calculations of where it probably is, mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> uh, they uh, break back to the present, where we introduce like a uh, mechanic, I guess, probably not the right word to refer it to as, but a memory dump, where uh, basically uh, the memories from this time could be recorded. I think it's described as something that can be done at the time, but also is something that's just done intermittently as one is completing a mission or something like that. Yeah, it seems like it is something um, that is required when you are lower level. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, uh, not when you're higher. But but if sure. you're doing missions when you're lower level, then you gotta, because yeah. for accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this becomes a way that you can have... See, I was really interested by this because it is sort of touted as, like, a way to see something that happened objectively, but it is also very much you're seeing somebody's experience of something. So I'm right. really curious as to how objective it actually is. Like, yeah, if you take the memories 
too far away from when they actually happened, are they still accurate or does the memory get warped? I mean, this is all conjecture. <laughs> but Well, I don't know because I so these memories I think are dumped at the time. Yeah. Um, these ones specifically are. These ones specifically are. They it might the way Yerk memory works might be totally different than the way that human memory works. So True. so you know <laughs> Yerks could very well have like a complete objective memory somehow right yeah I mean it would kind of make sense with their personality I think if they did that's true Um, mm -hmm. so uh, Idris describes landing uh, somewhere and well just like very briefly before that I love the moment where they approach earth Uh she's in orbit and she starts to get uh, like pick up transmissions and she's like whoa, they're definitely on that planet because that planet is crazy busy. But also, why the fuck do communi- humans communicate so much? This is crazy. Like, so I think it seems like they land in the 80s. Does that seem fair? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, and she's basically like, oh my god, like TV. Like, they're, oh, I love there's a description. She starts picking up um, snippets of conversations, which felt very... I love it dates it in a very great way where she gets a snippet of conversation that says he was all like no problem and I was like a reality check (laughs) which is great I I feel like I I think that at one point one of the uh, one of the news broadcasters like mentions Desert Storm or something Mm -hmm. which places this uh, in the 90s if I'm not mistaken I think at most like the early 90s yes because give or take because um uh, that wouldn't, because there's a child oh, the later kid. who is ni- nine years old, um, which is way younger than I expected him to be. Yeah, same. <laughs> For some reason, I was like, oh, this is happening like 20 years in the past or something. I um, guess I assumed 80s partially because pretty soon we're going to end up in Hollywood. And yes. there are a lot of mentions of an unnamed drug that a lot of people are doing. And I just <laughs> kind of went like, oh, so it was like some cocaine 80s it's- style. It's so crazy because there's an unnamed j- drug that, but the woman who does it, like, is specifically, Jenny Lyons, <laughs> which I think oh is God, a little. Oh my God, that's so true. I didn't even <laughs> fucking pick that. Oh, that's really funny. Um, I can't believe they did. I, I just, it, it's a very funny, like, almost explicit <laughs> reference to cocaine in a children's book. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, okay, I just really, okay. I was going to say they pick up a type of, uh, they, she describes, she picks up a type of conversation accompanied by rhythmic sounds arranged in patterns. And I was just like, I gonna love this book so much because we're gonna get an alien <laughs> describing music like i don't know they were talking but then it had like boop 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 in the background i don't know what that is and yeah. they yeah they land in the middle of a war zone mm-hmm. um yeah somewhere and in the she, middle east yeah probably and, like eventually like fairly shortly after she becomes the first human controller makes the first human host and there's a detail i thought was very interesting which is that we go through the process of a yerk smelling something for the first time uh-huh which i guess implies that hork bajir don't have a sense of smell <laughs> which is crazy which um, seems really weird to me for any animal but especially like a herbivore that lives in a forest mm-hmm. like i feel like your sense of smell is really important if you eat fruit yeah <laughs> i guess they don't eat fruit they eat tree bark 
So right. maybe it doesn't matter. But like that really <laughs> surprised me. I mean, it's yeah. very cool because at first I was like, what is she talking about? Because she was like, and then there was another sense. There was something that didn't give me enough information, but it was tied to memory and it happened every time I inhaled. And I was like, what? S- smell? Smell? <laughs> Has this Eric never smelled anything before? Oh, that's what that was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's never really made explicit, but I I, I guess that's what they kinda were going just, for. Kind of just grokking that now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what I also loved about this process is um, her description of the joining of the left brain and the right brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, I mean, honestly, like, the whole thing... This yeah, this was like some really good like humans as alien stuff with just right. like the human. Why is the human? Wait, does a human have two brains? No, it's different. Uh, <laughs> kind of, but not. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, and she she describes like a sort of like philosophy connected to it, like constantly. Be- She's like, oh, of course, humans wage war against themselves. They're always at war against themselves internally anyway, which, I I mean, you know, but also very an interesting, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) speculation. Uh, Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Which Uh, I think is like is really interesting in the sense that it sort of it then justifies the weird like how how legitimate this justification is is up to you but it makes an attempt to justify the weird all other aliens are monocultures right thing (laughs) like humans have something in their brain like the split in their brain makes them able to argue with themselves and be indecisive and like that is why they're different i don't know I um I, I I very much like uh I I very much like um I think we pa- passed over this a little bit but um when they're scanning the radio waves I very much enjoy like the two pages where Visser One gets like tricked by Star Trek. Oh my god! Yeah, I think actually that might be a little bit when they blast off into orbit again. Oh after right, they this go back experience. into orbit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I I also loved that and there's there they dedicate like three paragraphs to these two Yerks being like wait a second some of these are just not real some of these are lies do you think it's to like scare off invaders what the fuck how do they have a picture how do they have video of faster than light speed travel is that even possible we can't even do that what it's lies what the fuck someone would just go on tv and do lies on tv (laughs) it's very funny um we also just get a brief moment where we go back to the present we're hanging out with the the council again and i love there's a detail that um the council of 13 does have an emperor like there is a supreme leader of the yurks but only the council knows who it is Uh i love that as a detail that's a really good detail because it means that uh the the emperor can't be targeted for assassination and everybody else like has to protect them because they risk also all being killed in a in an attempt to kill the emperor uh-huh and we also get a detail that <laughs> fucking visser three is like humans need to food and gives her a head of romaine lettuce and two raw eggs with some water uh-huh and she's like you fucking you how long have you been on earth how fucking long have you been on earth <laughs> this is so funny it also reminded me that um i mean i knew this but somehow like 
you know, just didn't think about how the, the fact that, yeah, despite being around humans and in a human morph all the time, um, Visser 3 doesn't really have to live as a human, like, the no, same way the totally. controllers that he, like, has jurisdiction over have to. Um, and I think that's that's really interesting when you start to think about how often he makes terrible decisions and doesn't understand humanity. Like, uh-huh. it's because he is not only an alien, he's a double alien. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's an alien, alien living in an alien body. Right. On Earth being like, yeah, I can totally get these humans. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, he's just so dumb. He just doesn't. But he doesn't. And the thing is, is like, it's his, honestly, like, Visser 1 was right in all of the antics she gets up to. Oh, not all of them. Because, like, he's never going to be able to understand how, um, like, humans work in a way that doesn't result in just waging a public war with them, which is something they discuss later. Yeah. Because, um, like, Visser 1 is all about, uh, like, subterfuge, and, Mm -hmm. uh... Visser 3 just does not have the finesse for something like that which not is at all. <laughs> uh... I mean he doesn't he doesn't need it though like I, he, I I feel like he feels like he doesn't need it at least like right, I, I, think sure. the, yeah. I think the I think the 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 that used subterfuge like he no longer has subterfuge he can morph why the fuck would he need subterfuge he can just kind of brute force <laughs> everything right I think Honestly, if he had his way, he would be, it would be a public war because it'd be like, ugh, we wouldn't have to be doing all this dancing around and everything. Yeah. I, well, I think he actually says that as much as he, like, uh, we learn later that Visser 1 is responsible for the sharing and he's like, ugh, the sharing is such an annoying hassle to deal with all the yeah. time. <laughs> I, um, there's a moment when they're, like, first discussing, like, the beginning of the Yurk invasion of Earth where they say, oh my god, there are 5 billion on the way to 6 billion potential hosts. And I was like, wait, what? That's low. Because <laughs> we're... I, I was thinking about 2019, where we're well on our way to 8. Uh, right. And I was like, wow, two more billion humans in the past 20 years, huh? That's... Yeah. We sure did that. <laughs> How would we do that? <laughs> well, I think humans is just exponential. Yeah, that it does yeah. seem to be true. <laughs> um, so we also very quickly get what felt what made me like laugh out loud because it feels so like like a Doctor Who special mm-hmm. where they're like, well, this this human believes that the most powerful country in the world's or the most powerful faction is the Americans, so we must go to America, mm-hmm. and they find where America is, and they're like. It's bordered on two sides by an ocean with, and then physical land borders separating it from other, one of which is a river, and the northern one, which seems arbitrary. <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 it just, It just reminded me so much of uh, Matt Smith showing up in fucking Colorado or whatever in a Stetson uh-huh. and being like, I wear a Stetson now. Stetsons are cool. <laughs> and then shooting the fez with his gun. Uh-huh. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, like, exactly that energy. Yeah. Which I find very delightful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, God, it's like, Animorph somehow does sci-fi camp so good. Yeah. Like, so good. Uh, it's really enjoyable. Uh, especially, this. I feel like especially as soon as they touch down in Hollywood, it's like, Oh my god, Th- yeah. That extremely. Um, and so... we, like, like, I love 
uh, around here when the council takes a break and Visser 3 tries to trick her into saying more treasonous things mm-hmm. by being like, hey, hey, Visser 1, have you thought about how we're stronger together? What if we create better Yurk Empire? But he's just talking in thought speak. And then she mm-hmm. says out loud, I know you're recording this. I'm not going to say, wow, Visser 3, you're right. Let's destroy the council. I'm not going to do it. You're so fucking dumb and I hate you. And then we Gilligan cut to Visser 1 saying, I think Coolsville sucks. It's <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> so stupid. Oh, I have a question. Yes. Um, fairly, like, as they are um, going through all of the, like, TV and movies that, that are being broadcast, I feel like there's a suggestion that Yerk's learned what torture is from humans. Um, oh, I don't remember this detail, but explain. They say, that one of the things they say is that they learned that on occasion humans kill each other at an artificially slow speed. Um, oh they, yeah, I, I read. I remember reading that line, but it kind of just like slid off of my brain. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm just, I'm so curious about that. Be, uh, partially, I think it was fresh in my mind because, uh, I just there was just like the list of like, and so you've got death by Dracon beam. You've got death by starvation from Candrona rays. You've got death by torture. And I was like, wow, they sure do have a lot of ways to torture. And mm-hmm. then. They don't seem to know the word for torture when they yeah. discover humans torture each other. Yeah. So I was like, fuck. <laughs> I mean, you to- you could be right because, uh, like, yeah, the, the, the Yerks, like, pointedly do not consider themselves to be predatorial at all. Um, they're just parasitic. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if they, and a lot of the other species they've infested have not given up a lot of like struggles mm-hmm. to it so they're like well we might as well <laughs> you yeah know? um and, and yeah so I, I was just like that was one of those oops humanity Whoops. <laughs> whoopsie uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> and i love again yeah. the visual of them rolling into hollywood yes and they just because they go to hollywood because it's mentioned the most because they're watching a bunch of movies and tv mm-hmm. and they say that it's almost like Hollywood expected to be invaded by aliens because they spell out their names in huge letter, like their name in huge letters on a hill. Uh huh. God, that's good. I, I then... also I also appreciate the um uh the transliteration of how Visser One thinks L A and Washington D C are spelled. Oh yeah. <laughs> because they're to, spelled to, phonetically. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense, but like seeing we heard of this place called L A E L L A Y. It's spelled. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this place called Washington D E E S E E. Yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's good. <sighs> Pretty These dumb like, aliens. <laughs> they're so stupid. And um, I'm honestly like, I love that they chose Hollywood because like shortly they're about to take their first like semi permanent hosts, who are yeah. uh, an actress and a TV exec. And the studio exec is such a hilarious host because it means that we get a yerk trying to talk like a studio executive which is very great Uh but they land basically in this backyard and these two stupid humans are like oh did the studio send you we were looking for an aliens that were like kind of cuter uh (laughs) and then they take them and literally uh idris says like 
so these are the bodies we had so i took this body so now i am a woman and sm took that body so now he is a man and it was just like gender huh yeah yeah because that was something i was always like a little like i've something i've talked about before i'm sure is like it seems so weird that we you know that there's gender specific to the yurks but i guess they must just assume whatever qualities are inherent in in the the host bodies which almost seems a little too intimate but i guess human beings as we have learned are just kind of like that and just completely unfamiliar territory for them Uh uh-huh um uh so, uh, yep, so they get accustomed to their bodies. Uh, 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 Idris is in a woman named uh, Jenny Lines. She has a full name that's much longer that I don't remember, but Jenny Lines mm-hmm. is her nickname. Uh, who, <laughs> uh, calls Presum- herself an actress, but it has not been in anything, which Idris is like, uh, uh, <laughs> <at>. <laughs> um, And is also, uh, like, de- like, almost... It's like so on the nose. We talked about this so on the nose that it's like, like, like that it's well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it's so on the nose that it's almost annoying that they just keep dancing around it. Yeah. Uh, That I mean, she's like, oh, there, she's a drug addict, but you know, not saying cocaine. You know. Yeah, I was very curious about this because at a certain point, Idris. I mean, maybe this is why her plans were so grandiose, because she was on fucking coke for the first year that she was on Earth. But, like, she, because she mentions, like, no, I didn't, I didn't, like, help her get sober, or I didn't, like, get the host body sober. I kept providing her with this drug. And I was just like, is the, they almost seem to be implying that Yerks, when they take if they take control of somebody who like has like did, did, would would she not feel like the physiological things of addiction yeah like, because because think... she, she seems to very much be implying that it was like a conscious choice to continue to give to do drugs so that the host would be mollified but well she could just be justifying it to herself yeah, and that's other totally people. true <laughs> um I guess probably a kid's book wouldn't get into, like, the graphic descriptions of (laughs) how they would deal with addiction. Yeah. I was just curious about it. Yeah. Um, But, and I think there is a little bit of, like, she would probably experience the, like, like, this, like, the, the, like, dealing with withdrawal and stuff like that. But there's, like, a little bit of a disconnect there, you know? It's not, there's, there seems to be a separate, like, specifically when we talk about um, Visser 3, um, and Marco's mom, who's like beaten to shit, and how how a lot like all of the injuries she seems seems to have almost seem to be more of a hindrance than actually like a like a, an annoyance in the background that's stopping her from doing some basic things than like something that's causing her a great deal of discomfort. So right. I think I there... guess it's it's almost implied that she can ha- she can hand the pain off to the her the host. Right. Yeah. Sort of. Um. I. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just so silly. But then we get Esm being like, "I'm learning from this host, this body that humans have many weaknesses. For instance, people want to laugh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, is a, that is a weakness that this person uses to gain power because he knows that people just want to be distracted from their lives, and mm-hmm. they like long legs and many teeth." <laughs> 
Oh, aliens. Aliens. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. And we, the other thing that happens a lot in this book that is amazing is uh, Idris, a.k.a. Bisser One, um, talking with, I don't know if we knew Marco's mom's name before this, but it is Ava. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get them speaking to each other a lot. And I like fell in love with Marco's mom so much Same. yeah, because mm-hmm. like she's, she's so like resilient and still somehow after all of these years, after everything she's lost, after everything she's had to see her kid go through is just like openly mocking her uh-huh. <laughs> all the time. She's such a great energy in this book for sure. She really is. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> and I mean, I don't have like anything specific in mind, but it's just constant. Like she's always making comments about something that like Visitor 3 is saying or something that like she's almost and it's it's strange cuz it's she has self-interest in her own body that Visitor 1 is in, but also like there's a there's like combative collaboration there at points which i think is really awesome uh (laughs) it's it's kind of the semi-antagonistic body sharing dynamic that i kind of love you know this book has a lot of really good body sharing Uh (laughs) uh-huh a lot of it (laughs) (laughs) like and not just even with ava it's like with like other hosts um because the bomb we get dropped on us is that uh Right, there's sort of a mislead first where um, Idris is like, there are two humans that I really don't want to be killed, which is the main reason I don't want there to be an all-out war. Um, and I feel like the it's supposed to be like a red herring, like maybe she's grown to care about Marco and Marco's dad. That's what I thought too, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, fairly soon after this, soon enough that I think it's worth just saying we learn who those humans actually are. Yes. Um, so... It turns out that uh, uh, Visser One in, uh, or Idris, I guess, in in a host body had children with uh, SM and also in a host body, like, together. And all, it's just, like, okay, all of that happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because uh, they uh, bring in a man uh, named Hildy Gervais who's, like, like, like clearly homeless you know and you know called like named as much you know called like a street rat I think which is like a little feels like it should be in like like (laughs) it feels a little too dramatic to be something that someone actually would say with their mouth (laughs) you know what I mean um uh who is like talking like oh these uh, naming all the types of aliens that are around him so Mm -hmm. obviously is not like crazy out of nothing I guess yeah Uh, has an understanding of what's actually happening um because he was the host of Isam who is like a yurk who's dead now um so he has all these details because he experienced this uh 14 months that were missing that where uh Idris never did a memory dump and they're Mm -hmm. like well what happened there um and she's like well I'd rather not say (laughs) yep uh and it's great uh sorry go ahead no and as as it turns out yep uh just this weird romance happened and where children were involved and Mm -hmm. it seems to be an inconvenient part of (laughs) Idris's story (laughs) and like just before we 
the the book even gets into what actually happened there the animorphs arrive question mark mm-hmm. um i love one of the things that gets dropped is that so they've they've noticed as a whole that often it will be five animals and one andalite Mm-hmm. And the theories that they have are that um, either he can't morph, uh, mm-hmm. like they have one Andalite in their gang that can't morph, or he's being used as essentially like a flag, like they're waving him as a banner to be like, yo, we're the Andalites and we're here. And I love that. I love that they took a moment to think about like, what would these people think if they're like, did you notice that they always have one actual Andalite with them? Like, what the fuck is his deal? Reminds me of um, one of the first times we meet Visser 1. Um, I don't remember the circumstances, but she points out that there are never any human casualties among the yeah. the body yeah. reports. Mm-hmm. It's very much, see, it's just very much like Visser, it's just a very much in con- stark contrast to Visser 3's fucking morph and fuck shit up and yeah. just like do some super just like do some saturday morning i mean they're both on some saturday morning cartoon bullshit but like viscer 3 is definitively much more the saturday morning cartoon bullshit man mm-hmm. well he's than... like he's like less scary because he's more cartoonish in a way right. you know uh whereas viscer one it, it, it's it's interesting because she would if she was like less emotionally attached to humans as she clearly seems to be she would definitely be more scary um, and she still kind of manages to maintain that. But after you see all of this, you're like, oh, you're not going to be able to go through on anything, are you? You're just not going to. Man, um, I don't know. Yeah? I don't know. <laughs> just I'm, I'm like, she goes I actually, through so much. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think, yeah, there's, but there, yeah, there still is this huge power hungry aspect of her. Yeah. That seems to be driving her above. I mean, yeah, that's a major conflict later in the book mm-hmm. of how she's driven way by, more by her power than her actual, like, she was like, well, that was fun, but we have to move on now sort of situation. Yeah. Um, um, so, right. This is the thing. There, this She notices, she brings up the, fa- the these theories about their weird Andalite friend because she notices that there are only four uh, of the Andalites here and none of them is actually an andalite and mm-hmm. she's like what the fuck and mm-hmm. then pretty quickly realizes that actually viscer three has brought in two like real animals has brought in an actual tiger and an actual bear and then has convinced two of his hork controllers to all four like to just pretend to be the bandit so that he can kill them in front of the council yeah. and pretend that he's dealt with them yeah which is cannot possibly have been his actual plan right <laughs> <laughs> like I he mean... has an advisor or something <laughs> oh yeah that he didn't get... yeah chapman's idea yeah <laughs> oh, i don't God. know like the like visitor three very much leans into this like i feel like this has to be a thing he came up with yeah i don't know it's but it's so it's just so much it's so <laughs> stupid yeah yeah um visitor three is full himbo it mode works activated is the thing it, yeah, it does it's... work though it works for everyone but visitor one basically yeah. um, well and cause... the um and the guy on the council whose name i can't remember garoff or something yeah Gar- yeah that man he he's Gary. like he's like <laughs> yes that was a certainly a coincidental something or other <laughs> yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah and uh 
I feel like this is when the book gets pretty consistently very, very, very dark. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, so, I mean, first of all, this is the, like, I love the whole thing where, so the the humans that they end up in, one of whom was this guy that we just met, the other one is named Allison, these two are were already in love, and then the Yerks also kind of fall in love with each other, mm-hmm. and then all four of them are sort of in love with each other in a mm-hmm. weird way, and so all mm-hmm. four of them kind of have kids together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learn that she disposed of, like Allison is a, is a engine is a technician of some kind in yeah. on movie sets, and so yeah. she took over Allison by. Uh, drowning jenny and like (laughs) taking her over under the pool Uh there's there's a great moment where um she wanted to test allison and see how far like see what she would do so she let her have control of just one of her own eyes Mm -hmm. and allison was like just waited for a very long time until she saw an opportunity where they were on the road closed the one eye to mess with her depth perception and nearly got them into a fatal wreck and idris was like oh fuck humans will die rather than be enslaved okay yeah uh, good to know yeah sure it, it's interesting that specific detail was so interesting to me because it seemed as though the lore suggested um that uh yurks have an all in out 100 percent control over uh their hosts no matter what I, I i think this being kind of implied by the like good yurks the like the two that we have mm-hmm. um but it does seem to be that they can have a sort of shared experience instead of a wholesale 100 percent control all the time um, yeah which i think is interesting <laughs> it might not even be something that some yurks are aware that they can actually do you know right uh, but in, in any case uh i just thought that detail was really interesting because i was like the implications uh, <laughs> there's also like sort of offhand um a couple things like implied that uh, Yerks really that that morale is kind of low because Yerks find humans so hard to control. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I is really I, there are so many little hints to like how things might fall apart for the Yerks. Yeah. Um, and I'm really curious to see which of them are going to play out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I feel like we're. I mean, de- we're definitely like moving into our end game, sort of. Yeah. Um, but these, this book specifically seemed to be planting some, some seeds for that. Yeah. Uh, which is just tremendous. <laughs> and it starts, like, the, the hints that Idris is sort of going to get more human aligned start happen pretty start happening pretty quickly. Um, they essentially, they're like, so this 14 months that you never checked in, we're, we want to see it. We're going to do a memory probe of just that time. And Garoff, like... They, they start doing, I love this shit so much. They do, like, we're in the memories. Like, we go to the past. And then mm-hmm. Garof just, like, appears in it. Like, some fucking ghost it. of Christmas past shit. Just, it is like, my favorite in trope. the car. It's so good. Uh-huh. And she's, like, talking about, Idris is talking about how she, like, she's driving and she just, like, speaking with Allison about science. Like, having, like, having a discussion with her. Even though she doesn't really need to. She could just, like, learn everything that she wants wants from allison mm-hmm. she could just take that knowledge but she enjoys speaking to her mm-hmm. um yeah. and 
yeah, we get this series of memories of Idris and Allison and uh, what's the man's name? Um, Hildy. 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 And Esam. And Esam. Uh, all like they're of the the pregnancy happening, learning that it's going to be twins. Um, mm-hmm. We get the actual labor, and mm-hmm. we get the four of them having a discussion and actually saying like we swear the four of us that these children are going to be taken care of. Uh-huh. Like this polyamorous alien quintet. <laughs> it is insane. It's like, wow. <laughs> uh, it's, and, and uh, basically Idris is like, uh, Allison wanted to show her, like wanted to show Idris that humans are like complex because she was hoping that she could convince her like, we're not just host bodies where we have a lot going on you can't just take us and then accidentally showed her that love is real uh and uh-huh. Idris fell in love and mm-hmm. is like the the um i think it's Garoff at one point is like you're just like your first host body you also got an addiction but it was addicted to being human mm-hmm mm-hmm um, and they, but they don't ever say love. They say like increased sympathy or something yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just interesting word choices. I enjoy interesting, mm-hmm. extremely deliberate word choices. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And I, so there's all of this evidence against Idris, and uh, then she's they the council decides to go on break basically, yeah. and they realize oh the council really doesn't want to convict. Idris like right. at all because they right. don't want to have to kill her yeah. and we also get the moment where Ava has also seen all of these memories then mm-hmm. learns that Idris is also a mother mm-hmm. um, and Idris is like okay I'm fine like come on make fun of me like mock me I'm probably about to die and Ava's just like no <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, there, I I, I'm, ju- I'm jumping ahead a little bit with this, but there is a line later where she's just like, "You are a mur- a serial murderer, a slave queen, a like, and something else. How can I f- how can I feel emote the sympathy for you that I do?" Yeah, mm-hmm. but she very much does, which is something I appreciate a lot about her character. Uh huh. It's but it, and it's 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 not. It's not redemption, but it's complexity in the same way that redemption yeah. arcs have. You know what I mean? It's like, Absolutely. oh, these villains are just, um, they're, they're, they have weaknesses within them, you know? You want, it's easy to see them as, like, monsters with no, like, other emotions other than, you know, desire to continue to, like, uh, uh I don't know, conquer, mm-hmm. um, and, but, I mean, a, a lot of what, like, Idris is going through is ascribed to her being in human so much, but also seems to just be an inherent thing within her as well. Her, yeah. her, her tendency, I mean, right off the bat, like we were saying, her tendency to commit treason immediately just because she thinks she has a better <laughs> idea. She does not uh, defer to her, uh, defer to authority particularly well. Yeah. Uh, and then on the other hand, I mean, we see, we see this constantly uh viscer three's hubris is just constantly fucking him up mm-hmm. uh <laughs> he is uh he's more concerned with his own self-image than he is with conquering um it's it's just uh 
it's interesting character complexity that I love so much, especially so much. with antagonists, especially with yes. antagonists. Um, uh, so. I have to give Axe a point here, which is that every time the council adjourns, they say, we will adjourn for one standard hour, uh-huh. which makes me think maybe our hours are different. <laughs> That's why Axe is always like one of your hours, because (laughs) it's not a standard hour. (laughs) Right, right. We just happen to call it the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Uh, at this point, basically, Ava and Idris are like, the only way to turn this around is to make the council realize that Visser 3 just lied to them about defeating the bandits. So mm -hmm. we have to get the actual bandits to show up uh, Mm -hmm. so that he doesn't win and create war and my kids die. Mm-hmm. And so imagine, if you will, go on this journey with me. You're just in the cafeteria. Uh-huh. You're, a, you're a grunt. You like work in an office. You do not that much. Out of nowhere, the, the fucking CEOs of your company who hate each other and are constantly trying to get each other fired just uh-huh. sit with you <laughs> and start eating grilled chicken. <laughs> like it's crazy they just sit down and they're like everyone around them doesn't know what to do doesn't know who to listen to um is like trying to eat as fat as as fast as possible because they don't want to be there but they also don't want to offend them by walking away Uh (laughs) it's so funny Uh uh-huh and Uh this is when we get the tie-in of the last book which i really appreciated it actually Mm -hmm. happening in real time yes uh, we so uh, a controller at the table, um, uh, auspiciously, I guess is the word. Um, maybe if I'm using that one correctly, I never know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just say it's right. Um, gets a phone call, uh, mm-hmm. and a visitor one is like, "Hmm, it's interesting that we can get cell service way down here. Interesting. I'm gonna <laughs> fall on top of this woman and then take her cell phone." <laughs> yep. And then say that I have to use the restroom and then um, make a very important uh, uh, phone call. And then we get thank that goodness, very important. Like, thank goodness this was in the 90s when people still memorized phone numbers. Right. <laughs> Can you, like, if I were if I were a host body and they were like, time to call your best friend to, to threaten them, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> fucking good luck. <laughs> I don't retain that information. <laughs> on someone else's cell phone? No way. The the only number the only number I have the only cell phone number that I have committed to memory besides my own is my mother's, and that's just because she's had the same one for twelve years, which same predates when I had a cell phone. Yep, I know yeah. my dad's. I know my my dad's home phone number because it was my home phone number growing up. Yeah, and I know my dad's cell phone number because. I used to have to call it from the payphone at high school to get him to come pick me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my dad got, for some reason, uh, got our old home phone number before we stopped using a landline, mm-hmm. converted to her his cell phone number, which oh, seems wow. like a bad idea for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, that's the only reason I know his number. <laughs> yeah. Um, I couldn't... I almost couldn't believe how much my heart leapt as soon as Marco entered the scene. Yes. Like, Aww. Marco's like, hi. And she's like, hi, Marco. And I was like... <laughs> and I'm always... I'm so happy every single time we get acknowledgement from adult characters 
how terrifying it is that these kids are so good at things. Yeah. We got yeah. it with um, uh, Aldria recently when, mm-hmm. when she was like, whoa, shit, Cassie knows what she's doing. And in this one, we get Idris being like, fuck, Marco's fucking cold-blooded. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's Shit. a it, in the prologue at the very beginning. Um, uh, uh, the Visser one makes when when she is like thinking about Marco as she goes into the fucking boat to ride off into the storm. He she's she says he was far he was too sweet natured and trusting to ever make it very far in a hard world. And then she like corrects herself on that in this scene. Yeah, yeah, and she says it out loud. She's like, I thought you were too soft and gentle at one point. Marco's like, shit happens. <laughs> yeah. And then Eva chimes in at some point to say, the, to like, just to point out that, like, that was handed down to him from her. Yeah. And I, there is a moment, too, where uh, Eva just, like, in in their head is like, I love you, Marco. And then Visser is like, your mother loves you, Marco. And he's like, I know my mother loves me, Visser. And hangs up the phone. And I'm like, ah. It is so good. It's and so she's good. Like, she's like, oh, fuck. Marco is willing to let his mother die. I don't have as many bargaining chips as I thought I did. Yeah. But essentially, Marco agrees to come infiltrate and attack them. Yeah. 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 Um, I think Marco's just really good at bluffing both to other people and to himself. Yes. You know? Oh yeah. Because like, because yeah. Visser won, and he probably Marco as well probably totally convinced that he's willing to let his mom die, but he definitely isn't. You know. Yeah. Just what we know of Marco and the internal life that we've experienced with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, honey. <laughs> yep. And uh, at this point, we go back to sort of the um, the point where Idris gets in contact with the Yurks again. Mm-hmm. And the excuse given is, like, Archangel is running out of power, uh, so we, we we will die if we don't do it. And there's conflict there. It's sort of the seed of conflict that Idris uh, is like, we're going to talk to the chiefs. We're going to do it. And Essam is like, no. <laughs> like, let's just pretend that we were lost and go back. Like, mm-hmm. and, then come, and then come back to Earth. Fuck that. Um... Mm-hmm. And she tells the story of him threatening her, uh, or sort of like uh, chaining her up and starving her, keeping her weak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Leaving with the kids, and I we get this line talking about how Essam decided to leave with the kids because he was in love. Uh, mm-hmm. He was in love with Allison. He was in love with his host. He was in love with humans. He was in love with it all. He was in love with love. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think makes him a bicon. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> we we have no choice but to stand. Mm-hmm. We have and, no further uh, options. Yep. They uh, we get a description of Visser three striding back and forth before a hologram, practically prancing in excitement of hearing his own ranting. Oh, I, this is that oh. was exactly the thing I was like oh my god I'm in love with you I hate I you know. it's just he is just the self-obsession is insane and I think honestly being in an andalite is probably you know like uh, Visser 1 is yes. maybe the way she is because she was in humans for so long and mm-hmm. Visser 3 is the way he is because he's been in an andalite so long um, who are notoriously arrogant yep absolutely it's, it's, it's great it's very uh, good. 
there's also there's sort of a knock on uh hollywood because basically idris has started to like form the concept of the sharing Mm -hmm. and she's like well we gotta leave hollywood because they've already got fucking hundreds everything (laughs) they've got fucking hundreds of little weird cults Mm -hmm. so we have to go somewhere else yeah and then uh viscer three is like well, if you're not a traitor and you don't care about humanity, why not kill one of your own kids? Surprise, I've got one. Surprise, I've got one, and his name is Darwin. His name is Darwin. It was, I mean... And this is so dark. It it's really so is. It's dark. Um, it's dark, but thing, also Darwin is, is such a bad name. <laughs> it is. Yeah, the thing is, it's all, there's also a bit of levity because there's just, like, it, it just feels like that, um, that scene in Wayne's World where it's just like, go then. I'm going. I'll go. I'm gone. Just like, (laughs) so shoot him. I'm gonna. Shoot him. I will. Shoot him. I will. I feel like Idris takes a page purposefully from Visser 3's book Oh, 100%. 100%. She's like, okay, so if I can just keep monologuing until the Andalite bandits arrive, uh, then I won't have to shoot my kid in the chest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As the kid holds the gun against himself. Yep. Yeah, because he is also uh, human. Yeah, controller. he's he's a, he's yeah. a controller. Um, mm-hmm. But then the Andalites bust in and yeah. rip shit up. And uh, there's a very good moment during this where one of the taxon controllers that is watching via hologram just like starts eating like a pass like a, a subordinate that is passing him by. He's like excited by the yeah. violence. <laughs> he's, yeah. That was one Attack. of the moments that I just wrote down with like this book. The other being that like a Horkbajir staggers back holding his own internal organs in his hand. I was like Jesus. Uh huh. This book uh-huh. just keeps going. Yeah. This is. <laughs> this is yeah. It's some crazy crazy. But it's like, it's it feels like. A lot of the alien stuff that's happening is like Star Wars level alien stuff to me, in a way. Oh, totally. The holograms specifically, yes. holograms that actually involve like a three D projection are always going to feel super Star Wars. I know that yep. every sci fi has all has done them, but like they just feel so like yeah. Jedi Council. Yes, yes. Yeah, 100%. I mean, especially with a council, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then Marco comes in as a gorilla and <laughs> punches Visser one in the face. Yeah. He's like, is this what you meant? And she's like, yeah. And then yeah. he just knocks her the fuck out. Yeah. Uh-huh. And comes to in one of the like sort of uh, taxon tubes. Yes. <laughs> like the, and uh, <laughs> this moment made me, I love seeing the kids from an outside perspective so much. It's yes, so interesting. I was totally thinking the same thing this entire scene. Like, because they're in a hologram and she's like, your holograms are really sophisticated. Like, maybe better than Andalite technology. And he says, ah, yeah, just like something we put together from stuff we bought at Radio Shack. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. Oh, Marco. Yep, so Marco and Axe are the only ones out of morph in this sort of situation. Yeah. Um... Cassie's in polar bear morph, which Cassie's we know because at bear. one point she's like, Idris is like, what the fuck? Because he just turns to the polar bear and is like, Cassie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and and it's, at uh, this, it's, it's at this point where the Andal- where um, Visser 1 is like, okay, so the tiger has to be an Andalite. That person is, that, that thing is way too cold and calculated to be anything but. And then, like, 
two like two pages later, it's revealed that no, that's just Jake, and the yep. and the visitor is like, Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, it's so good because the thing that makes her think that is Jake being like. I mean, we might want Vister 3 to be in charge because he's dumb and everyone hates him. Rules. <laughs> 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 Which is um, so true. <laughs> this is like, we start, like, Ava starts talking more. I love, she's like, you know, you infested me completely at random, but I think it was actually fate. I believe that you infested me so my son would go strong and wise and destroy you. And it's like, ah! And then I don't know, since maybe the two of you knew this because... I live in a different country. I didn't. I thought that this wasn't true. I didn't know that New Hampshire license plates actually were "live free or die." Oh, I've never been to New Hampshire, so yeah, New Hampshire this, doesn't yeah. exist. I was New- like, this might as well be true. <laughs> yeah, it is true because Marco at some point is Wait. like, "Hey, Mister One, do you know what it says on the New Hampshire license plates?" You do ask, like, ask my mom. Get get down in there, and, <laughs> and Idris is like, "Live free or die." And he's like, yeah, <laughs> I, either my mom gets out of here free or I'll fucking kill her. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. oh, cool. Yeah. And, and yeah, the thing is, again, I don't like Marco wouldn't be able to kill her. But the thing is about Axe is that he has no reservations about this whole situation. Yeah. And he's basically the one responsible for actually doing it with his little tail blade. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so uh yep that's the the ultimatum basically is like you have 10 seconds to get out of my mom uh so like we can have a conversation uh or something or just get out of my mom and then a conversation does happen um and or else i just kill both of you um i love like again this book i mean this whole series it's just full of amazing visuals i love the thought of how this would happen in an episode or in a movie which is exactly as it's described here where we lose all visual we lose all hearing mm-hmm. um all we get is uh idris's internal monologue being like mm-hmm. they could just kill me i don't know i don't know what's going on i can't sense anything everything is dark i know that i'm in someone's hand this could be the end and then suddenly like opens her eyes again and sees Marco just so- crying in front of her. Oh, I know. And I was like, heart hurty. I know. Heart hurty very much. <laughs> He's just a baby. Uh-huh. Yes. <sighs> and we we pretty quickly learned that basically the conversation was like, hey, Marco's like, hi, Bob. Uh, we're going to go throw this yerk in the pool now. And Ava's like, we can't. They will know that something happened if this body turns, like, disappears and she ends up, like, she turns up without a host. They will investigate. They will find you. Can't do that. We can't let Visser 3 become the leader because then there will be a war. And Marco's like, then at least we could fight back. And Ava's like, but we might lose. And even if we win, billions could die. And uh, we get a fucking... The whole thing is hard, but, like, we get a moment where Marco's like, we really need you. Like, we need you at home. And mm-hmm. Ava's like, I need you too, but, you know, we have to do this for humanity. And, by the way, let your dad date. He needs it. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, so intense. Yeah. And Marco's like, hey, we recorded this. We'll show it to your bosses. 
is also an issue. And someone on the council is one of ours. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's basically like, no, Yurks aren't all loyal. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so. Uh, they... I mean, it's, it sort of goes mostly into like the formation of the sharing at this point. Right. So there's like, Visser 1 basically is like, I think kind of telling Ava at this point. Yeah. I, yeah, I wasn't completely honest with the council. Things went a little bit differently. Um, we had, me and uh, SM had both like agreed to start the sharing and stuff like that. Like that was all cool. Um, and I was actually like part-timing in Allison as well as in the head of the sharing, uh, Lord David, Lord David Altman. Yeah, it was a realtor who was named Lawrence Alter, uh-huh. uh, and then she changed his name to Lord David Altman because three co- name combinations were popular at the time, which is so funny. And she um, says that the sharing is designed to feed on the most fundamental human weaknesses, which are the need to belong, the fear of loneliness, the hunger to be special, which I love as like a a a, a tactical evaluation of of humanity Uh and it's so and we actually get her like studying cults studying uh charlatans like studying all of these people and she invests in iconography and the sort of sweeping generalizations that humans always fall for and it's i love because yeah the in-grouping has always been what has fucked humans up forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love that being seen as, like, an exploitable weakness. Yes, totally. Um, We get a scene later that, so there's, like, an inner sharing and an outer sharing, and the the inner sharing is basically the controller. She was like, there weren't any at this point, but I had made a bet with Esam, basically, that humans could get a voluntary host. Yeah, exactly. Um, and she does. Yeah, there's this dude, and she's like, uh, so why do you want to be in the inner circle? And she's like, I really want to belong to something bigger than me, basically. I believe yeah. in all of this stuff. I'm super into it, and I just want to be part of something bigger than me. And she was like, well, you'll lose all of your, like, uh, individual individuality. And he's probably thinking, yeah, that's metaphorical. Sure, I'll be into it. <laughs> and then he had shown the year and he's like, okay, but if I put that in my head, I'm in the inner circle, right? And yeah. and like, she is just like completely, like Visitor Wonder is just like, oh, this is a trap, right? Like, there's no way this this man is that desperate. But yeah. then he just kind of lets yep. the Yerk schlorp up on in. Yep. And yep. just very callously, again, this book, they record the... Uh, first voluntary host invasion, then SM was like, yeah, you won. And then they uncontrol him and then they just kill him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, basically, you know, Idris decides that th- there isn't time to be Allison anymore, so she wants to be Lore full-time to really devote herself to the sharing. And it's like, okay, well, time to kill Allison. And then we should also kill Hildy because it makes more sense if they disappear together. And Essam is like, ah, <laughs> no. <laughs> gonna be no for this, me, is, this is basically when Essam escapes with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and they find, she 
stalks them for a while and manages to find them when the kids get sick they take the kids to a hospital and Mm -hmm. pop up on like a database um Mm -hmm. and she arrives and we get this great like final confrontation between her and sm slash hildy because it's really both right um and this is when we get like another insist another moment of a yerk insisting that they're not predatory right like she says we're a parasite you're a predator go ask a cow or a pig what they think of humans (laughs) (laughs) we're all just doing what we need to do right um and then they fight in a hospital (laughs) oh that's a little bit later but that does happen they fight in a hospital yeah hospital brawl yeah Mm -hmm. and sm basically at this point is mostly starving from the candrona Mm -hmm. rays and it, it basically is is already partially dead so he tries to get out of the host body because that's like the instinct as a yerk is dying mm-hmm. and man this moment like she goes to pull him all the way out of hildy's ear and part of him is like still stuck and so she just rips him in half uh, yeah and yeah. then he just is dead and she just puts him in her pocket and she's like all right I'm the only Yurk on Earth, and this is truly what we are. We are something so small that my best friend and lover just became, is something that I can just put in my pocket. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, basically, like, and now you know the rest of the story. Like, uh, yeah. she killed uh, Lord David Altman and became Ava, and et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. Yeah, she points out that, that she arranged for lore to die because uh of something that we've heard in this series before which is that alive leaders are fallible they can make mistakes dead leaders are martyrs and cannot make mistakes anymore (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh which is i mean (laughs) yeah it's 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 interesting and also like it it, a lot of this is really interesting examination to basically the psychology of cults which i did not anticipate at the end of this book same Um, yeah (laughs) but it uh something i'm like personally interested in so i was like yeah Mm -hmm. cool i'm into this yeah Mm -hmm. which totally makes sense of as like the sharing but right totally i i wasn't expecting them to actually be explicit about it i guess for some reason right Um, no and they were and i i enjoy that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um And I love, because I love still, like, that basically this is an example where if our society was better set up to, like, support people, Mm -hmm. these, then the sharing wouldn't have as much power as it does. Right. Because we wouldn't have all these isolated people, theoretically. Yes. (laughs) And so that shows us that just, like part of the reason that we can be infiltrated by evil forces is that we don't take care of each other right exactly which i am just fine with being like yo humans <laughs> the <Yeah. fuck? laughs> in the end it was capitalism the it entire was. time <laughs> at so, the end of the day that's what it all boils down to yeah so the sentences at the end um are basically um uh both viscer one and viscer three are sentenced to death yeah, like um, Androna starvation, which is apparently the worst. Yes, um, but which I don't know. I think it's probably comparable to fucking torture. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but the since the sentences were suspended, um, and 
uh, if they, it's basically it's like a plea deal. You know, you do these things and you don't have to, like, do all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, if, but if either of them fail, so there's, like, they'll both be killed. So there's, like, you know, they kind of can't. Maybe this is the way they... <laughs> the Children get have, along. <laughs> yeah, basically. Put them in the We Will Get Along shirt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at threat of death. Um, yeah. And we learn, like, that Andalites are amassing an army, and they're either going to attack Earth, or do we know what the Inadi are? It does I think not this is the sound... first time... Yeah, I think We're that's the first it. time it's been mentioned. Okay, because basically they've they the council is like, so the Andalites were, are either going to attack the Inadi planet or they're going to attack Earth, whichever one they decide is more important. We want mm-hmm. them to not attack Earth. So Visser 3, don't start a fucking war because that will call their attention. And mm-hmm. Visser 1, go be on the Inadi planet and make mm-hmm. sure that they're ready for shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Yes. Um, and then we get this, I feel like this is like the last twist of the knife of like <laughs> Idris's like trauma and just like full villain transformation. I mean, she's always been a villain, but this is like really like her shutting off another part of herself where she's like, well, Darwin's already a host, so I can't save him, but my daughter Madras is still free. And so one day I'll come back and she'll either accept me as her mother or or I'll just make her a controller and then she'll have to love me. Everything is fine. Everything is great. My life is looking up. <laughs> oh, jeez. Idris. Yeah. Um, and then our yeah. final line, I think, is something to the effect of where she considers telling Visser 1 about Visser the three. Andalite bandits, what she actually knows about them. But then she's she, like, can, she considers telling Visser 3 about it. Oh, Visser 3 is what I meant to say, yeah. yes. Yeah, that uh, they're she's humans. Like, she's like, nah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Basically, That's... like, looks right at the camera, like, mm mm mm. That's animorphs. Should we tell him? Yes. Um, and um, that, yeah. I just realized that I, I forgot to put up a questions tweet this week. Oops. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> we are already way over time. We yes. are. Um, thank you so much for listening this week. Um, this was good book. It was super good. Like I said, def- it did so many of my favorite sci-fi things. So it is, uh, yeah. it, yes, very, very quickly became, I was like, oh, this is like one of my favorite books we've read in a while now. And you know, ultimately, as much as I was looking forward to a Visser 3 story, I think that this perspective of Visser 3 is actually way more interesting than anything we could have gotten totally, totally. from being inside his head. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he has a complex inner life. <laughs> Yeah, I think he just kind of wears it all on his sleeve. Yeah. I also, I also think it's interesting because the way that things are set up, if we were, if this book was from Visser Three's perspective, he could not have won, and so we could, we couldn't have a win in that book because we, he can't win because he's the main villain, mm-hmm. and so in this way, we still, we get to see a villain sort of have this like terrible championship. Yes. In a way that we couldn't, and in a way that I think is really interesting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and really narratively satisfying. I just Very. enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Animorphs. It's good. It- <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you all for listening to this week's episode of The Wonder Yerks. Um, if you want to find the show, you can do so at Twitter, uh, at The Wonder Yerks. Um, you can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash fearbaiting, where you can also support 
the sister podcast to this one, Fear Bidding, where Sarah talks with a guest about a horror movie. Um, We're doing Christine this week. Yes. Um, And I just put up the episode that came out that was recorded a long time ago. And you immediately dated it as I was listening to it. I was like, God damn it, I can't just let this fly under the radar. uh, Where you talked with Gage about Shutter Island. Um, uh, How did they, what did I, out of curiosity, what did I say to date it? Uh, you mentioned 420 coming up, and I was like, it is well past that. <laughs> of course I did! <laughs> uh, it, but if you were a $5 and up patron, uh, you get your uh, name read of the show at the end. Uh, so thank you so much to Michael Kaiser, Paul Moran, Kit Spindler, Paul Bechtel, Sophie, and Jackie Aisha uh, for your support. Um, if you want to find me online, you can do so at BlairKitch on Twitter or BlairKitch.tumblr.com. Uh, and plugs? Plugs, plugs, plugs. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at SunHatGenia. That's S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. Uh, I'm also over at on Mastodon there. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be more active there because Twitter is a hellscape that's bad for my mind. And Mastodon has a lot of similar stuff, but there's le- there's no Nazis and it's mostly furries. Sure, <laughs> not <laughs> furry problems. So you know. I'm on Twitter at nudity with an E instead of a Y. You can check mm-hmm. out my other podcast where I make little songs to solve little problems at Musical Mole on Twitter. And you can check out my other music at gaygothvibes.online. Happy Mother's Day. Stream Culpable on Spotify. Oh, <laughs> yes. um, yeah. Do that. Uh, also, uh, thank you very much to Matt GameCube uh, for hosting this podcast on the wonderful noisepace.xyz network. Yes. Um, we appreciate all things. Uh, we love then... you, Matt GameCube. <laughs> um, and we will see you in uh, two weeks uh, with The Mutation. Um, but until then... I'm excited. That's a promising title. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably more morph hijinks. Uh, but until then, I have been Blair. I continue to be Sarah. I'm Seda. <laughs> uh, and remember... <laughs> Keep your hand on the escapel device. <laughs> the mutation is going to be about, like, cafeteria or something. Like, I, it's not going to have anything to do with mutating. I guarantee it. <laughs>